Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello, welcome to Broken Records. This is episode 63 of our search for the worst album ever made of all time ever in the history of music's long, storied and often embarrassing past. My name's Stephen Hill. I'm joined by Renfrey Deadman, as ever. Hello, Renfrey. Hello. You're wearing a Metal Liquor t-shirt, I you? am wearing a Metal Liquor t-shirt, yes. Have you crossed out the name Metal Liquor and written the name of the band that we're going to be talking about today underneath it, like they did on their... their? Do you remember that? They used to have the Metallica backdrop and they'd crossed it out and written the Bloodhound Gang underneath it. The Bloodhound Gang that we're talking about today. That's what they used to do. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I haven't done that, but it was a nice link and I'm sorry that I didn't pick up on it because I wasn't That's aware right. of it. But yes, well done. Yeah, yeah. Silly of me, really, to think that somebody would remember the backdrop that a band had from, from like, 20 years ago. For would have. this band as well. Yeah, for this particular <laughs> band. So... Um, we are part of the Right Act podcast. You can go with wherever you're listening to this podcast and listen to us talk about the very best and the most interesting facts and spitting takes of hot and cold varieties of um, all the things in alternative music on a Friday on Right Act. You've got a Patreon page as well, patreon.com forward slash Right Act podcast if you it, like Is this. spitting takes a, uh, a common phrase? It's not one I've heard, but I'm happy no. to go. No, cool. Okay. No, you're, just, you're just no, trying no. to get that into the lingo, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking like hot like takes, spitting, spitting rhymes, but it's takes. We're, we're not. Don't we're do we're do spitting truth bombs left, right, and centre. Exactly. You know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was going to try to try and get you lot to sign up for our Patreon page, but Renfrey has picked me up on my Sorry. grammar. So well, I'll tell you what, you can find it yourself. Fuck it. <laughs> It's not, like, it's not like we need the money, is it? Anyway, this is uh, not that, though. This is where, this is where the... Yeah, see, you're only hurting yourself and you yeah, pick me up on my grammar. Yeah. Um, uh, all the albums that we feature on this show are compiled from a list that we have compiled ourselves. But they're not because of the albums that we hate. Oh, no, they are albums that have come due to maybe your suggestion, the critical standing of that record, the fan reaction, the lack of commercial appeal, something weird, or maybe the fact that that band weren't actually that good in the first place (laughs) and it took them six years to make a follow-up record to a record that inexplicably was popular. Um, (laughs) Don't know who I could be talking about. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But today we're going to be talking about Hefty Fine by the Bloodhound Gang, the fourth studio album from the frat boy comedy pop punk rockers released on the 27th of September 2005. Before we do, I will run down the flop 20, which is the 20 worst albums that we have covered on this podcast thus far. It starts at number 20 with Slick Dogs and Ponies by Louis XIV. Queen and Richard Ashcroft's The Cosmos Rocks is followed by the United Nations of Sound, but I cannot believe that's so low. That's just like hit me in the... Number 18, Richard Ashcroft's United Nations of Sound. That's a terrible record. Yeah, it's Absolutely really... Absolutely terrible. Really awful. Really mm. awful. Mr. Blobby, the album. Oh, well, there you go. That's explained it somewhat. <laughs> Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the original soundtrack. Eog and Quigg's Owen Quigg. Switching around there. Uh, nice. I've been calling call him Owen Quigg and say his album's called Eog and Quigg. 
this week has decided to change it around. Who knows what it'll be next week? Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume 2, Towers of London's Blood, Sweat and Towers, Vanilla Ice is Hard to Swallow, Cut the Crap by the Clash, Corey Feldman's Angelic to the Core, Philosophy of the World by the Shags, Arsehole by Gene Simmons, Little Zan's Total Zanarchy, Blood and the Dance Floor's Bad Blood, Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem. Oh, have you seen uh, the Pam and Tommy trailer for that show? I haven't, no. No, should I? What am I watching that, actually? Okay. It's about the... I was around my mate's house and I said, oh, Pam and Tommy. And he went, what about... And he went, hasn't Tommy Lee got like a big penis? And I said, well, yeah. And he was like, I don't know how people know that. And I went, what do you mean you don't know how people know that? <laughs> and he was like, well, how did, everyone, how, how did that rumour go? I was like, it's not a fucking rumour, mate. We've all, no. seen, we've all seen it, haven't we? <laughs> and he was like, why, where, when? And he wasn't aware mm-hmm. of the Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee sex tape. Oh, well, there you go. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He's the same age as me. I was like, I expect him to go, whatever happened to Princess Diana? She just suddenly stopped <laughs> going to things one day, didn't she? It's mad. <laughs> Uh, anyway, True Symphonic Rockers, Concerto and True Minor. It's followed by Uncle Cracker's Double Wide. Crazy Frog with the crazy hits. He'll be back soon, won't he? Oh, Crazy Frog, he's coming back. All these people that are trying to leave blame us, yeah, us. Leave us alone. <laughs> As if we're not upset enough about Crazy Frog coming back. We've had so many people on Twitter and on the social medias be like, ah, oh, this is your fault. We are in fucking mourning about the fact that he's coming back as it is. Don't then stick the knife in even further and twist it and say that it's our fault. It's not our fault. We, how is it our fault? We talk about a thing that doesn't mean, like, I, I, I could talk about Queen. That it doesn't mean Mr. Freddie Bobby. Mercury's going to come back out of the grave and, like, come back and do a single. It doesn't work like that. No, Silly. No, Freddie Mercury wasn't a CGI frog, though. Wasn't That's he? true. <laughs> to be fair to Freddie, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if we had the uh, power number... to do that, that would be amazing. But we don't. Anyway, I'm sorry. Let's yeah. go. Anyway, number one, still broken side. I'm not a fan, but the kids like it. And unranked, we have the Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses, a mental record that we couldn't fit anywhere. So I just thought I'd throw that in anyway. But here we go. Hefty Fine by the Bloodhound Gang, released on the 27th of September, 2005. I mean, surely, surely by 2005, the joke had very much grown very thin with the band like the Bloodhound Gang, hadn't it? Surely. I mean... I hadn't heard from them for ages. I'd kind of forgotten that they existed. And it was sort of mad that the Bloodhound Gang got any kind of mainstream attention at all, wasn't it? Um, I th- uh, yes. Uh, yes, it was. But then I suppose in terms of when The Bad Touch and The Ballad of Chasey Lane, I think it was, wasn't yeah. it? When those two songs came out, it was it, it, it's, it was timing, wasn't it? Like the timing was apt and right for that kind of thing, especially when you consider, you know, perennial favourites of Stephen Hill, Blink-182 and their success and things like that. I think you can see how The Bad Touch and stuff like that can fit into that um it's that sort of toilet humor to pop punky guitars and i mean there was an electronica element to bloodhound gang as well you know with the the, the, there were a few other things going on although uh i mean you probably will disagree with this but i think the bloodhound gang made blink 182 look like oscar wilde or something (laughs) like you know (laughs) to be i do disagree with that i I mean i'm I'm, I'm gonna say straight away now people 
we'll probably be going, oh, you two who hate fun, both of you, you both hate fun. Can't stand it. I bet you fucking hate the Bloodhound Gang. Because every time there's a fun band, you know, like Blink-182. Yeah, they talk about poo. They must be fun. Or Elstorm mm. or Psycho Stick or something like that. Mm. You all, you slag it off because you don't like fun. I hate fun. Now, here's the thing, right? When I first heard of the Bloodhound Gang, one fierce beer coaster back in back in the sort of mid nineties. Yeah, my mate 96, had ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah, yeah, ninety six. And this was a time when what was then weirdly termed, which is an awful name, but was weirdly termed sort of fun core was a thing. So, so dog eat dog, right? I love dog eat dog. I really do. Genuinely like dog eat dog. They are a band who I think are kind of fun. You know, they're kind of good fun. No fronts, no tricks, no soapbox politics, etc., etc. <laughs> I like Dog Eat Dog. Bit of sort of New York hardcore punk, bit of sax, bit of sort of, again, just big, dumb sloganeering. But fine, like a good band. They write really kind of catchy songs. First couple of Sugar Ray albums, Lemonade mm-hmm. and Brownies, and Flawed in 1997. I think Flawed's a really good record. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Sugar Ray descended into quite kind of smushy territory yes, later on i think we've got did. one of their albums in the hat actually mm-hmm. but i think the first couple of sugar ray albums are absolutely fine and i remember hearing one fierce beer coaster and it was sort of like that it was kind of frat boy bouncy quite aggro-y rap rock thing you know they weren't rage against the machine um far from it actually but, you know, but it was enjoyable enough. I wasn't well, say it's one of my favourite albums, but it was enjoyable enough. I've kind of learnt through doing the research for this that actually there are a lot of comparisons, in my opinion, and let me know what you think of this, that you can make with Beastie Boys, with Bloodhound Gang, in terms of their origins. Now, let me state very, very clearly, Beastie Boys are 10 million times better than the bloodhound gang i don't even think i'm over exaggerating that to be honest um but uh just in terms of because they started out as like a hip-hop duo type thing or and and then it Mm -hmm. kind of morph metamorphosized into this alternative rock thing and i'm not saying it's exactly the same but i could see the more i was doing research for it and i'm certainly not the first person to say it but i could see lots of parallels with the beastie boys career um it was just a much not as good much not as good much worse version of beastie boys and and i was also absolutely stunned to find out that uh bloodhound gang began in 1988 isn't that yes <laughs> it really is yeah mad yeah, mm. yeah. so you know one for this beer coaster fine right you know it's not changing everyone's lives or anything it's not going to be anyone's favorite record but yeah. it's a decent enough sort of put it on at a house party or something kind of record and then they hit big with Hooray for Boobies in mm. 1999, which it still remains, even as I went to say it there, my it, the words don't want to come out of my mouth. <laughs> the words go, please don't say that. Please don't. Please don't say that. Just, I, know, I know you're not saying it. You're just quoting it. But, even, but my body is going, I don't want to say that. So yeah. it's a terrible name for record. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, awful name. Awful name for a record. Now, Hooray for Boobies... Obviously, the big hit song on it was The Bad Touch. Mm. Basically, it's Duran Duran, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, I mean, I I quite like The Bad Touch. Mm. 
I mean, it's stupid as fuck. And I remember hearing it and I remember thinking to myself, because One Fierce Beer Coaster was a bit more of that, that it had that, like say, Beastie Boys-esque energy. And it was replaced there with, yeah, a kind of more electro-poppy type thing. And I was a bit, at the time, I was like, well, this is not what I want from the Bloodhound Gang. But, so I didn't buy Hooray for Boobies. <laughs> ah, straight away. But I did buy it. I did end up buying it. Because I thought The Bad Touch was a song which I initially didn't want to like at all. And I kind of didn't like. But it kind of wormed its way into my psyche with that. Got a really good bass line. You know, it, it got a really sort of catchy hook. And I just I found it kind of quite an, an irresistible song. And I ended up buying the record kind of on the strength of it. I will say, Jimmy Pop does have a way with a remarkably simple but a very simple vocal melody or hook they're not bad at hooks they're not bad at in fact no fuck it they are good at writing hooks they're good at writing bits that get into your head whether you want them in your head or not is another matter but they are good at doing that and i i I didn't feel that way as much with the bad touch but with the follow-up single ballad of chasey lane is a song that if someone puts it on and not many people do put it on in 2021 i believe but if anyone did put it on for whatever reason it'll probably be in my head for the rest of the day whether i want it to be or not and jimmy pop didn't just do that once or twice he did manage to do it a few times there are a few melodies on this record where it's like well that is catchy Mm. i will give you that yeah i mean and i agree and i think there's a fair bit of that on hooray for boobies oh god (laughs) don't make me say it again um there are a few songs on it mope on that record featuring samples of for whom the bell tolls by metallica and relax by frankie goes to hollywood okay interesting you know those two things mixed together make for an interesting mash and hodgepodge of stuff mm-hmm. put, put over a bit more of an, an aggro I mean it's got a terrible bit at the end where fucking Pac-Man comes along and calls them pussies because he won't do blow with them it's mm. not aged that well but mm. the actual song itself is quite good I think overall Hooray for Boobies is not a very good record but it is occasionally peppered with some very su- certainly some surprising things on it the la- a lap dance is so much better when the stripper is crying can't really defend that in 2021 can you as a song title shouldn't really be able to defend it in 1999 no i mean i do remember seeing that at the time and being like oh that's not cartoony ott tom and jerry violence that's actually just pretty nasty right i think there's enough there's a when the bloodhound gang are more enjoyable it is when it is that kind of hannah barbera you know looney tunes kind of ott silliness rather than whatever they're going for on that particular song i actually find the ballad of chasey lane a little bit um difficult to listen to today it's pretty tasteless to say the least i mean i don't you know taste is obviously not uh at the forefront of their minds when creating bloodhound gang songs i think the thing for me is just the purpose of the bloodhound gang is seems to be to offend people for the sake of offending people which mm-hmm. i think there was especially at the time and this is why i think hooray for boobies actually kind of did have some sort of commercial impact because 
you know, this was just prior to Jackass and stuff like that. And then Dirty Sanchez became yeah. a big thing. You know, I think there was a large movement in that sort of thing getting some kind of traction at that time. And by the time we move on to this record, 2005, that pretty much been and gone. Yeah, it's like American Pie 5 at that point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I saw, yeah, American Pie came out the same year as that record. And mm. I remember seeing American Pie and really enjoying that scatological humour because that sort of thing, you know, farts and poo and wee and bum, it is funny in the right hands. But mm. I can't really comment on Hooray for Boobies because I've not heard the record but certainly on this record, on Hefty Fine, if a large part of your band is trying to be funny, which I think it is with Bloodhound Gang, I didn't laugh once whilst listening to this record. And it's not because I don't find wheeze and poos and bums funny. Funny. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because I think they're appalling quote-unquote comedians i don't think they understand the rules of comedy or anything like that it's interesting that you're saying that song from hooray for boobies is surprising because what i found was an issue with this record is there isn't a single surprising thing on it well i mean we're about to go into that record um and i'm just setting this up because yes broadly yeah yes that is the problem hooray for boobies i think does have a few things where you go okay frankie goes to hollywood there they are ha I never expected that to be mixed with Metallica. Ha! And you go like, eh? yeah, it's, it's actually quite funny. It's actually quite amusing. Um, you failed to convince me, but fair enough. I'll take your word for it. I think that, yeah, I think there's a couple of things on on that record, which is, I mean, using A Brick in the Wall Part 2 by Pink Floyd and saying, all in all, you're just another prick with no balls. And they had, to, you know, the album got <laughs> got pushed back so they could get that sample cleared and yet <laughs> that's what they did with it it's like fucking hell lads you've actually put your fucking album back six months because you wanted to clear this pink floyd sample and then all you've just gone is god you're just a prick with no balls like that wouldn't have been funny for more than five seconds when i was like 13 yeah, exactly. you're allowing and <laughs> you're allowing your album to be pushed back six months for it. It's pretty mad, but you know, like you say, absolutely right place, right time in 1999 with a couple of genuinely catchy singles. And you know, I I saw the Bloodhound Gang. They, they played Glastonbury for fuck's sake. They played. You know how hard <laughs> it they? was for rock. You know how ah. fucking hard it was for rock bands to get on at Glastonbury in the like ni- late 90s. <laughs> And early 2000s. And they put the fucking Bloodhound Gang. The Bloodhound Gang and Methods of Mayhem. Oh, not right. Never never Korn. You know, Korn never played it. Ramstein never played it. Pearl Jam never played it. Alice in Chains never played it. But um, the Bloodhound Gang and Methods of Mayhem, they did play it. <laughs> the world's fucking. a topsy-turvy place. I've said it before and I'll say it again, yeah. Fucking, so. fucking nuts. Uh, yeah, anyway. So they did TFI Friday as well. And actually, you look at some of the stuff they did, and the, I think, you know, what you're saying about them not being very good songwriters, I think they kind of... The, most of their set was not 
based around songs and them actually playing live. It was like no, let's make this, a no effects kind of thing. Let's yeah, let's make these people eat get someone up on stage, they're gonna eat a curry and yeah. then they're gonna spew it all up all over Jimmy Pop's face yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And then we'll give them fifty quid for it or whatever. Yeah. Um I can imagine that. And I saw that yeah, I saw them with Goldfinger because I really wanted to see Goldfinger. And yeah, I found them a little bit exhausting, I have to say. I did find them a bit exhausting because they talked a lot in between songs and occasionally they'd say something really, really funny. A bit like a bit like NerfX, actually, because sometimes you see NerfX and they're really funny. And sometimes you see them and you're just like, you've got so many songs, can Please you play one? On because it, you just yeah. fucking get on with it. And uh, Bloodhound Gang were, were much more like a bad NerfX, a bad night out with NerfX, I thought. Yes. But occasionally i thought they picked the set very well they did a lot of covers as well they did they did they, they covered enjoy the silence by depeche mode <laughs> really i mean what seriously or yeah yeah pretty seriously okay um but you'd think that you know that essentially they you they seem to understand that they were a gimmick band with a weird and an incredibly unexpected piece of success right now you would imagine that if you were one of those bands, right, you'd want to grab that chance, wouldn't you? You'd want to capitalise on it. I mean, how hard can it be, after all, to make another bunch of fart noise songs and whack them all out and squeeze every last little bit of money from this joke, which has very little in the way of legs at all, really? Because Hooray for Boobies went platinum in the US, sold a million copies, peaked at number 14, on the US Billboard Top 200, went gold in the UK, sold over 100,000 copies, peaked at number 37 on the UK Top 40 charts. It went top 10 in another six countries, and this is mad, right? It went to number one in Germany and Austria. No wonder they don't let those people have an army. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, if this is what you're doing with your fucking money, you can't be trusted with anything. <laughs> That's even more of a reason to be like, right, put the fucking Berlin Wall up. <laughs> put it back up. <laughs> number one. Yeah. Number one, Renfrew. Yeah, I know, I know. I did see that. I mean, the Germans famously don't have a very good sense of humour, do they? That's what they say. No. Right, so. <laughs> yeah, and fair enough. But, I mean, I just... The point is, I guess, is that, you know, that is unbelievable success. And you don't deserve that, really. Like, I've just been kind of, like, okay about that. I think the album's okay, you know. It's a nice... I remember it and I go, oh, I remember some of these songs. They, they were kind of quite amusing to me at the time. They're, I'd say, it's not a significant step up from a lot of that comedy stuff, but it's enough to make me occasionally go like, oh, this is all right. But it's not enough to make me think like you've got any kind of lasting legacy. No. So the follow-up, you know, to the, the, the only successful album that they've done in their career took them six fucking years six years what were they thinking that's like ali g in the house coming out in 2008 it's too late you had your chance you fucking blew it too late it's like the crazy frog releasing an album this year yes it is isn't it yeah 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 let's see how that goes i mean it's just like it's too late it is too your time has come it's gone yeah you fucked it yeah you have absolutely fucked it i mean this must be some of the crux of why it's here because I'm tr- looking for it, right? And you know why? Why the gap? Why the gap? 
Doesn't make sense. Why? I have no idea. So I found an interview with the band's guitarist, Lupus Thunder, and it reveals very little because having read a few interviews of the Blood Hand Gang trying to work out what was going on, they don't really appear to be taking anything that seriously at all to be honest but he does say this by way of explanation he says we ended our tour in december 2000 and have been touring for 18 months so for about another year and a half we didn't speak much having to be in a press room every day does that to you we got to spend some of the money that we earned bought houses and just relaxed and enjoyed life for a little bit so after that time passes and we're getting back into the music thing and we're in no way prolific songwriters or anything so it took a bit of time for us jimmy pop gets very anal about everything it doesn't appear to be a joke, but I mean, I've missed a trick there, haven't you, mate? He's very particular. Surely that's record. a joke. There's nothing to suggest that they get anal about anything on this album. It's all it's just like, shat out. Yeah, I, like, it's, it's, <laughs> he's, he's very particular when we record, so it's very time consuming, I guess. I don't believe now, that. Uh, you compare this I to mean, Chinese democracy. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, again, why are you comparing. This is like, do you know what that's like? That's like, there was, used to be a thing where they, like, Glenn Hoddle, who managed England for a bit, and he yeah. managed a few other teams. We we're going to do another football thing. He would say, to, apparently, when he used to manage Swindon, when he was the first managerial job, he said the hardest thing for him, or what people said was that, that they thought was one of the hardest things for him, was the fact that Glenn Hoddle was one of the most gifted footballers that Britain had ever produced, and he was coaching people who, you know, played for Swindon. And he was going, oh, no, you need to do that. And because they played for Swindon, they were like, well, I, I'm not Glenn Hoddle. I can't do that. And I'm wondering if <laughs> comparing Axl Rose and Jimmy Pop, if we're maybe doing that a little bit, because Axl Rose would have gone into the studio with an actual vision, no matter how fucking mad it is, no matter how mad and convoluted and chicken coop fucking building, <laughs> nonsensical, hours and hours and reels and reels and reams and reams of tape, there is a vision within that mad genius brain of Axl Rose to create something. That's exactly my point, to be honest with you. To, to, to sort of say that, like, Jimmy Pop is really anal about what is happening in the studio. There is nothing on... like the, the Hefty Find This album is the only Bloodhound Gang album I've listened to in full, so I can only comment on this record. But there is literally not a single moment on this entire record that sounds like it's been poured over for more than five minutes whereas chinese democracy for all of its detractors for all of its failings and it has multiple failings chinese democracy but at least there are multiple moments during it where you go well i get why that took a long time because fuck me there's a lot going on there in terms of songwriting bloodhound gang are about as simplistic as you can get even more simplistic than blink 182 as i pointed Mm -hmm. out before and you know some people might be going oh right well you're criticizing it for that no uh, not not strictly some of some of the simplicity of this album is actually you know some of the best bits of this album are because of the simplicity of it and because uh those those hooks get into your to your head and all that sort of thing so i'm not going oh it's simple therefore it's shit i'm just saying to say that anyone in this band actually takes any kind of time in crafting this stuff i mean i just well, maybe don't they do believe it well, well maybe they do maybe they just that's what is in his brain 
you know, this is a, you are a lower League Two footballer trying to do a Cruyff turn. Yeah. You can't. You Maybe. aren't capable of doing that. And no matter, you're pouring over it, and yet your brain is, you don't have the thing. Like, he might, if, if that's true, that is a sad indictment. I mean, exactly. I would rather that it was a lie, really, because if it is true, exactly. and you have actually gone like, hmm, that fart noise, it needs to be more of a, <laughs> rather <laughs> than a, Exactly. That's that's exactly what I mean. That's exactly it. It's just like if if this if this took you if it took you five six years because you were agonising over the music, you should not be playing music. Well, I mean, look, you know, it, obviously they they had a bit of period away, and it's quite nice to hear that they went. You know, we've actually <laughs> we've had our fifteen minutes. If they'd have gone, we had our fifteen minutes of fame. We made an album. We sold a million records. We took the money. And we were like, well, we're probably not going to be able to do that. But, you know, I think they they should have either done that and fucked off and stayed in their big houses they bought and done something else and left it. Or they should have gone, right, we're, we need to we need an album within 18 months. Like when that tour ended, they should have been straight in the studio and have gone and, and have recorded something straight away. That's what they needed to do. I was amazed, in fact, I haven't actually said this, but I was amazed that this was the follow up to Hello for Hooray for Boobies. I was amazed because I was like, I was like, oh, it's 2005. Oh, yeah, there's probably a couple of, you know, that they just sort of vanished. And, what. and then I was like, oh, it's actually the fucking follow-up. Like, yeah. what? Are they mad? I, around that time? I, I, I assumed that there were, there was, I, I, my guess was there was a record between this and Hooray for Boobies. Mm. But yeah, like doing the, doing the research. Nope. <laughs> this is the follow-up. Yeah. Um, it is interesting to note. Did you read the, the News Times article about this album? No, I don't know if I did. Just to support the fact that I think they were fully aware, like to give, you know, to give them some credit, just to support the fact that I think they were fully aware, like you said, that, you know, they only had a brief amount of time um, and they were aware that, like, they'd hit a big time and then, you know, things might go to shit. Uh, Lupus, the the guitarist, Lupus, um, I've forgotten his surname. Thunder? Thank you. Probably not his real name. Uh, He did say, I'm pretty nervous right now about this record. I think everything is going to be fine. But, you know, there's always that chance that everybody will be just like, these guys are idiots. I'm tired of them. I don't like them anymore. I can download their stuff for free. Why should I buy their record? And before you know it, you're out of a job. I guess there is a bit of shakiness on my part. Like, oh, please, dear God, let this work. Because if it doesn't, it will be bad. I'm really used to doing it now. And fair play, like, at least it's like you are aware that this could disappear at any moment. And you are aware that six years later, there is a good chance that no one will give a flying fuck. Mm. And, and, and at least they have that self-awareness. I will give them that. Yeah, I, I feel like the Blood and Gang seem to be at least kind of self-aware enough to yeah. know what they are. Yes. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't think, and I mean, that's another thing with with. Blink One Eighty Two is I think Blink One Eighty Two actually think they're good. Like when they do, like I miss you, and when they try to be sick, they, oh, I miss you's rubbish. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's still, I miss you is better than any song on this record, but it is rubbish. Yeah, I think uh, anything that goes, don't waste your time <laughs> on me. I'm already. Uh, I'm, I'm, the I'm, voice I'm, inside your head. I'm not. I'm not trying to big up Blink One Eighty Two. I'm, I'm, I'm no. using the Blink One Eighty Two thing as. Bloodhound Gang make Blink One Eight Two sound uh, amazing in comparison, in my opinion. <laughs> That's yeah, what I I'm saying. I'm, I think it's just, it's old um, Tom DeLonge's voice on those like 
those songs are so fucking awful. great in. Yeah, Tom DeLonge's awful. And, and you know, I anyway. prefer Jimmy Pop's voice to Tom DeLonge's voice. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, I, yeah, at least by the gang, they, send, they do tend to have a bit of the sort of self-awareness that certain bands um, of that ilk maybe don't have as much. Yes. Um, the other interesting thing about it is the Jimmy Frank's recording company. So Jimmy Pop started his own record label because he wanted to put out music by, and this is weird. Well, look, listen, so this is the quote. Jim wanted to put records out he liked. He signed the Finnish Rockers him because mm. they're on MTV every time we were over here and we thought they were pretty good. No one had heard of them in America. They didn't have a record deal. So Jim thought about using some of his money and started his own imprint. Now him are doing pretty well in America. It's a hobby, if you will. It appears that the Bloodhound Gang were responsible for the re-release of the him back catalogue in 2004 into America as the band were kind of getting that association with Bam Margera Weird as fuck that I mean Villy Vallo actually is on this record as well. He is, yeah. But weird weird as fuck that like him and the Bloodhound Gang, two bands you would think have absolutely couldn't be further apart from each other, and yet there's quite a strong connection between the two of them. I read somewhere they toured together and that's how they became friends. I think they toured uh, like early two thousands, I believe, and hence why that like hence how that friendship came about um i mean i always th- found it bizarre that it was Bam margera who went on and on about yeah. him being the best band of all time as well that always felt really weird to me as well um i don't have strong feelings what, on him aren't that good or what no what i was about to say i don't have strong feelings on him like I-, I honestly haven't listened to him all that much to be totally honest with you i mean what i will say like at least they have again at least they have a distinct sound i think you know it's yeah, him when they're... you you know but I, don't. I think they're all right, actually. I'm yeah. not a like, massive fan of them, but I think they're right. And they're certainly much better than any of the bands we've spoken about thus far. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, that is not difficult. Show. But yeah, I mean, no. uh, like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably get a fart in a minute and that'll be better than all the bands that we've talked about so far. But yeah. Yeah, I mean... It, I'll hold the microphone to my ass if I do fart, by the way. That'll probably be appropriate for this, uh, yeah, this be episode, yeah. Hilarious. Oh, it'd be as funny as this record is. <laughs> yeah. I'd say. Speaking of Bam Margera, the title of this record was inspired by an incident with a band film in a segment on his show, Viva La Ban, where bassist evil Jared Hasselhoff urinated into a cup in a parking lot and some of it went on the floor and he got a £10,000 fine or something. I tried watching the footage of that, but I could feel my brain sort of rotting away as I was watching it, so I, so I turned it off. Um, well, we've, we've seen a lot of pee on youtube videos and all that sort of yeah. thing recently and uh we just had enough of it really frankly it's absolutely mm. disgusting worst thing that could happen in rock and roll awful definitely it was originally going to be titled heavy flow this record because mm. obviously periods are really funny hilarious yeah really funny but this event changed the title of the record and they added the fat man on the cover we should probably talk about the artwork of this record we do occasionally when we get an interesting piece of artwork we will talk about it and certainly this does not make me want to buy this record Winfrey. i'm not gonna lie it is basically a obese elderly or well, sort of middle-aged man in a box sort of lying down with his legs up in the air and i believe his genitals have been well they haven't been pixelated out they've just been shadowed out Oh, I thought he was. I th- I didn't think you'd be able to see them. I thought the photograph was taken in such a way that you wouldn't be able to see them. Mm. I mean, I've really looked as well. So <laughs> good, um, <laughs> good. Yeah, I didn't want to miss out like I did with Lenny Kravitz before. You know, I, didn't I, mean, get to see Lenny. Like, I need to see somebody's cock. Come I on. 
I don't want to get into this too much, but I'd expect that his right leg is hiding his genitalia. So I don't, I, I don't know if any anything's been done. I don't think the photo's been doctored in any way. I don't know. I might be wrong. But I, maybe I, 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 yeah, you're right. Actually, I, I don't actually know. But um... it's a fat man in a box, basically. It's a fat man in a box. Yeah, fat man I mean, in a box. It's kind of, I guess, again, what you'd expect from the Bloodhound Gang. And they usually tend to put a sort of busty lady. or Well, actually, One Fierce Beer Coaster, they didn't. They, you know, One Fierce Beer Coaster really does feel like quite an outlier in their, their back catalogue because it looks like a sort of frat boy, you know, b-boy hip-hop record. And it sounds a bit like it in a lot of parts as well. And you go, oh, you could have done that. And then you just went, nah, 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 nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we're going to go for like breasts and then fat blokes. Yeah. <sighs> Silly. It's just a bad it's just a bad it's just a bad thing. Just a bad album cover. Like Oh, really. it's, a, it's rubbish. Yeah. Fucking mm. awful. Have they had a good album cover though? I'm not sure if they have. I mean they're all fucking well, awful, aren't they? One, I think One Fierce Beer Coaster is you know, it it does it's got that kind it looks a bit like sort of House of Pain style thing. I, I think it's it v- yeah. I was about to say. I think it's very kind to call it good. I mean, it it's the least offensive of the three. I, I, yeah, it's it's incredibly forgettable. That that it it, it looks cover. like it looks like what it sounds like. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose this kind of looks like what it sounds like as well, because <laughs> it looks really just horrible and mm. st- like you don't. You wish you hadn't seen it. it just looks stupid. And, Anyway, uh, it has a score of 28 out of 100 on Metacritic, which is not a lot. Rolling Stone gave it two stars, saying Hefty Fine proves only marginally more welcome than a Jerky Boys reunion. Billboard didn't like it at all, saying no kids. It's not that scatological jokes aren't funny, just that these scatological jokes aren't funny. Wannabe provocateur Jimmy Pop's Ali's... Uh, Jimmy Pop Alley's previous one trick of using pop culture references as punchlines, hey everybody, how about that screech, has been employed more effectively in the past 10 years by every other comedy writer on the planet. Blender said, the new metal and new wave send-ups are too conventional to work as either comedy or music, and the non-stop woman bashing becomes repugnant fast. Hot Press gave it 0 out of 5, saying, poor references, bad 80s synth music, and middle American pop punk dominate Hefty Fine. A lot of it we've heard before, and the Bloodhound Gang's only original initiative is to take the stale formulaic formulaic genre and plunge it to new depths of filth. Play Louder gave it zero, saying every line in the song is a witty and inventive euphemism for the insertion of a penis into a vagina, except that they're not. Here's one. Pressure wash the quiver bone in the bitch wrinkle. Are you lying on your back and waving your legs in the air and yucking hysterically like a smash alien? Then for fuck's sake, buy this album. There's tons of this shit. The same lame gag, the same sad tune, the same fucking album they've been putting out for years and the increasingly embarrassing sound of sad old men engaging in tedious teenage misogyny. Ain't my job to fuck you on your birthday anymore. You'll love it, you fucking moron. Pop Matters gave it 2 out of 10, saying, so sure, I love Firewater Burn when it broke bloodhound gang to the mainstream back in 1996 i sang along with a bad bad touch and laughed at the video you're pretty when i'm drunk was even something of a theme song in the one of in one of the college houses i lived at for a couple of years and you know what 
all of those songs, regardless of how foul or misogynistic they happen to be, were kind of funny, sometimes even inventive in their use of irony and absurdism metaphor. Not one song on Hefty Fine can make such a claim. The whole album is a dick and fart joke with the occasional jaunt into inexplicable button-pushing shock. It's not just that I'm missing you like a hijacked flight from September the 11th from No Hard Feelings is forced humour from a very not... Forced, is forced humour from a very not funny rock. It's that besides the paper flat attempt at humour, the line means absolutely nothing. It's a ama- it's enough to make one question one's own intelligence. Did a bloodhound gang joke just go over my head? Oh, imagine that. Um, <laughs> it reached number twenty four on the US Billboard Top two hundred, selling twenty eight thousand and sixty six copies. It went to one hundred and nine on the UK album chart, and it still managed to get to number four in Germany because, as we've already established, they love their comedy in Germany, don't they? They love to have a laugh in Germany. But let's take a moment to compose ourselves before I ask. (laughs) This is a trigger warning because you're offended by literally anything. Renfrey... What do you think of Hefty Fine by the Bloodhound Gang? Um, so, uh, the the quote from the reviews that you just read out there, the one that chimes the most with me is the Billboard one. The no kids, it's not that scatolog- scatological jokes aren't funny, just that the scatological jokes aren't funny. Hooray for Boobies came out when I was 14, so I was, you know, in many respects, I was kind of the perfect audience for Bloodhound Gang. And even at the age of 14, I was like, mm, nah. Because we've discussed this before, like, neither of us are really a big fan of comedy music. And I was trying to, like, think about, like, why is that the case? And I... and. I think because of the Beastie Boys connotations that I was starting to find with this band, I actually re-listened to Ill Communication for part of this as well. Partly for this and partly because I fancied re-listening to Ill Communication. And there's the odd line on... a, A fair few lines on Ill Communication, which are genuinely quite funny and genuinely quite witty and come from a genuinely funny place. And I don't mind that because I don't think the entire point of Beastie Boys is to be funny. They're just a band who, uh, you know, they they are first and foremost a band who are trying to, like, make good music, but then there's the odd funny thing in there as well. With Bloodhound Gang, I feel like they are just trying to be funny. When you listen to an album, I mean, particularly when you listen to an album over and over again, the joke wears thin really, really, really quickly. It was interesting hearing what you were saying about that song from Hooray for Boobies, about the surprise element of it. I can't comment on that because I've not listened to it. But the big thing that I struggled with for this album, I think surprise is very important in comedy. Not that you have to have surprise in comedy, but a large part of comedy is being surprised by something, setting something up and expecting it to go one way and then and then it wrong foots you and goes another way that that is certainly not to say that all comedy has to do that but certainly that is that is a thing in comedy right the element of surprise of course yep and just to take one example and i could take several but just to take one example of like why i don't think the jokes work there's three skits on it all of which are fucking horrendous 
but yeah, there's oh, one really really bad yeah but diarrhea runs in the family right the joke has been spoiled in the title of the song and it is the sound of someone on the phone and saying that something along the lines of this phone call is going to sound really shit and then he takes a diarrhea type shit that's the joke and it's like you don't understand how comedy works because you've spoilt your punchline by calling it diarrhea runs in the family i mean even even if you hadn't called it that and it was more of a surprise might have been vaguely amusing for about yeah, a second it's, what it is it's saying this chicken wanted to get to the other side of the road why did he cross the road <laughs> exactly and it just shows to me if if a huge part of what you do is to make people laugh which i think with the bloodhound gang it is like it's, they're not they're not trying to be amazing musicians or anything like that like clearly they're not trying to write no. amazing songs clearly and if and if they are then fuck me like oh i i can't um, i can't even think of anything more depressing than the thought that these people actually think they're genius songwriters and I, but i don't believe that for a second i don't think that is like surely they don't no i don't think they do i think no i i don't think they do no i think maybe jimmy jimmy pop obviously likes hip-hop yeah. and punk and 80s pop yes and i think he wants to try and do his funny little gags in and amongst to sort of that as a soundtrack parad- yeah. parody-esque versions yeah. of those different styles and occasionally like i say on a song like mope i think you go oh, actually like he's mixed metallica and frankie goes to hollywood and the rap underneath it which isn't particularly offensive i don't even know what that song is about but it's um but it's really fucking but it's really fucking catchy and there's genuinely nothing like that on this record really is there there's nothing like it at all there is like you say it is uh my dog smells terrible and he's got no nose how does he uh, yeah yeah shit you you fuck the joke up mate and i think the thing is is that even though i mean that guy said you know sometimes you go did that bloodhound gang joke go over my head there are times on this album where i i don't even know what i'm meant to be listening to do you know what i mean because the songs i say like balls out the first song proper i mean the riff is okay i guess it's like catchy enough for a kind of very very basic you know i think you'd get on the cold chamber album i can pay it no higher compliment than that to be (laughs) honest it would just about make it onto the last third of the cold chamber album but i don't have a clue what this song is about i don't have a fucking clue what i'm meant to be laughing at or what this is about i haven't got a fucking clue it's a lot of mentions of dicks and balls and pussies and sluts and being dressed to kill like gianni versace yeah but I don't actually know what he's referring to. No. He's just going, oh, my dicks and fannies and pussies and bums and shit and piss and weeds and crap. Exactly. And then I did a poo. And then Michael Hutchins killed himself. Ha, 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 ha. And you're like, exactly. fucking what? What, what, what is this? It, I, I, well, I mean, yeah, sample lyric, balls out my life as a slut. This dick don't hit the bottom, but I fuck the sides up. I mean... That, I, I, the best that I can ascertain from that is you're trying to say that you have a very girthy willy, but a very not big willy, if that makes sense. And and, and I'm, I'm sat there trying to work it out for so long that it's long past not been funny. I mean, this is the thing. When I was 14, I didn't, if someone went up to me and went willies, 
I wasn't like that's hilarious. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it, you need more than that. Like you need a lot more than that. And you need balls as well, don't you? You need, you need balls, balls as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, I I remember loving that um, the the first American Pie film, for example, because. To be fair, whilst you know, I don't think the first American Pie film is probably not aged very well. I've not seen it for a there's very, no, very long time. There's no, probably about it, mate. It has <laughs> not aged very well. At I'm all. sure. I'm sure it hasn't. But the, the the thing that worked with American Pie and the reason that it worked is because it did actually set up its humour very cleverly. You know, whether it's a film that I'd want to rewatch now or whatever, like it's not scatological humour that I have a problem with. It's the fact that they're doesn't even seem to be much of a joke beyond saying poo billy poo willy bum bum or whatever. poo billy <laughs> billy <laughs> poo billy bum bum um you know and like there's bits there's like on the second verse of balls out there's thanks to you bitches i got more screams than david arquette's resume and it's like right because david arquette was in scream uh-huh. and it's just like he was only in three at that point yeah exactly yeah it's i mean he's like, in five now it would have made more sense to do it now but that's there's a real sense to that line of like aren't i really clever and i'm just like no you're not you know what it's funny you pick that line up because i was going i'm glad you've explained that actually because i actually went i was thinking of david Duchovny. <laughs> i was like david Duchovny's not in school <laughs> Has he been the X Files? Because I was going, this is something to do with the X Files, isn't it? But <laughs> no, you well, there you go. It, but it's not. Yeah. No, but the thing is, is once you explain it, it's just not even that funny. It's like me explaining Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing you've never done that. No, I know. Uh... I mean, I don't. I get so. You got the new metal one. You got Foxtrot uniform Charlie Kilo, which is just a lot of like, different ways to say fuck and talk about having sex. It's not very creative. The song is paper thin and it's paper sort of pop thin. punky. Paper thin is absolutely right. Yeah, I'm the least you could do is where the kind of eighties pop thing come in. And so far, you've had kind of electro pop, new metal, and pop punk. So I would say, as a positive, it is a very. I'm going to take the tiny little positives from this record. It's dynamic. It is at least diverse, yeah, you know. They've got that going for, the, for them, you know, like as yeah. opposed to endless, you know, sugar cult or fucking all American rejects or something. At least they're a little bit more diverse. And it's about life. He wishes it was as easy as the quote unquote slutty girl he's dedicated this song to. And again, it's not great. The lyrics aren't really popping out. There's nothing funny about that. It actually, you just don't, seems, you don't find the... cattle prod the oyster ditch with the lap rocket funny, Steve? I do not know. You don't find retrofit the pudding hatch ooh la la with the boink swatter funny? Not really, no. Mm. I mean, it sounds like something Noel Fielding would say if he'd had like a full frontal lobotomy. (laughs) You see, that's humour. You've put together a joke there and you've put some thought into it. You've taken Noel Fielding, someone known for saying bonkers, totally weird-ass things, and then you've explained that it'd be i mean i'm now explaining the joke and ruining the joke but you know you know what i mean like it's yes that is that is humor they could take a leaf out of your book steve this is the thing you're saying i'm funnier than the bloodhound gang i mean you shouldn't need to take that as a compliment but fucking objectively yes (laughs) objectively you're funnier than bloodhound gang yes thanks mate i appreciate that it's i mean put that on the old resume it's Um, literally the easiest thing in the world but, uh, yeah. and it's shit like, like, fighting with a walkman on is what a title fighting with a walkman on and it just seems to be saying 
Farting with it. Oh, someone's in a, blaming someone for doing a fart or something. Again, I don't know what's going on here. No. Ralph Wiggum, named after the titular Simpsons character. Oh, what is the point of this? I mean, it's just <laughs> quotes, quotes, quoting Ralph Wiggum from The Simpsons. Just getting things that Ralph Wiggum has said. And I used to have a mate that I used to work with. I used to, like, for those of you who, who don't know, I used to work at the London Dungeon. There was a guy that I used to work with called Jamie, right? And he's a lovely guy. And he was really good at impressions of like but he'd do like Del Boy and Frank Spencer and he do and Peter Kay. He'd be going garlic bread and he'd do all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's a lovely guy, Jamie. But ultimately he is not funny. Right. Mm-hmm. He himself, when he was being himself, he was he was not funny. He didn't really have much in the way of his own personality and he people were like oh jamie's so funny isn't he because he'd walk in and go only me and everyone would be like oh jamie you sound just like him you sound just only me you don't want to do it like that and people go oh he's brilliant isn't he or he'd be like oh garlic bread and everyone go oh god where's he come out with this stuff and i'm like i don't know his dvd collection television (laughs) just watching (laughs) i don't believe it and everyone would be like oh my god jamie's so funny isn't he it's like well if you mean he watches things that are funny. And Peter Kay. <laughs> and Peter Kay, yeah. If you mean he's watched Alan Partridge and he goes, aha, and mm. um, don't move, Lynn, you've broken your neck. <laughs> Stop laughing. I bet <laughs> like, those people who found your friend, well, your your uh, your colleague, Jamie, funny, are mm. the same sort of people who find Mrs. Brown's boys funny. Yeah, I mean, look, I I can't really shit on him too much because ultimately about 70% of the stuff I say is from the office. And at this <laughs> and at this point, 20 of the, the the other 30 is from Stafford's Flats <laughs> and the other 10% is his podcast. I don't say anything <laughs> to anyone when I, <laughs> I do I do this podcast, Stafford's Flats in the office, and there's no, I never speak to about or to anyone else about don't, anything. Don't forget Alan Partridge. Ever a time. Do a bit of Partridge and brass eye and a bit of brass eye yeah so but i don't i don't i i try i think i don't try and make it my entire personality to just walk in and go you know rodney you plonker and people go oh god he's really so like i really like jamie but ultimately ralph wiggum is that isn't it it's just taking something which has already been done which is actually funny and you saying it and expecting it to to get like patted on the head for saying something which just completely uh, i was listening to it and i was like what is this what is going on here why is it called ralph wiggum looked it up realized that it's uh, all of the lyrics like you said are quotes from the simpsons from the ralph wiggum character ralph wiggum very funny very amusing but this utterly out of context utterly out of context it, that and again it's just it's people trying to be funny who don't understand how comedy works like it wouldn't matter if they weren't trying to be funny but they so clearly are and even worse than that they're trying to be offensive and offend people and i think a lot of the stuff that tries to be offensive just you're trying too hard and and i'm more offended i mean i know we're not coming to rank it yet but other things that are on this list there are things that i find more offensive because they're not trying I think if you try to be offensive for offensive sake, it kind of negates the point of being offensive in the first place. When we come to ra- like, there's that. Um, uh, what was the record? Louis the Fourteenth album. Mm-hmm. I think there are misogynistic things on this album, 
but they don't offend me anywhere near as much as the misogynistic stuff on the Louis the Fourteenth record because I don't think the Louis Fourteenth record is trying to be funny. It's stalkerish no. and weird and creepy as fuck. I I do I do think there's the occasional bit on this record where they say where they reference something and you go, that's actually just I mean the nine eleven thing yeah 9-11 yeah like this is four it's years after 9-11 four years after 9-11 i miss you like a hijack flight for night you just think well you didn't need to do that mm. and you know i'm not one of those people who are like you should never joke about 9-11 as you know they're, they're like you know, I, I i'm not like that but i was like it well we'll get to them it doesn't really make sense within no. the context of the song no it and it's actually just throwing it in there and i and when they when it came in i was like fucking hell I think that's what I mean because there's a bit about oh, there's a bit about Michael Hutchins as well at one point or the, the new singer from In Excess. I can't remember the exact line. I can't remember what song it is either. But uh, there was a bit in that where I was like, "Don't, that's not, that's not cool." Yeah, I I, I think that's what I mean because they're trying so hard. Uh, so I mean, the entire verse is basically: if I want to be repeatedly shit on, I'll go make Dutch porn. When roughly translated, even your naked truth means squat. And what's more, I'm missing you like a hijacked flight on September 11th. I don't know who got on you, but I'm not wrong in thanking them, since it ain't my job to fuck you on your birthday. And it's kind of like you're trying so hard to offend me that you're not offending me because you're trying too hard basically Mm. you've undone anything that you're trying to do and then therefore you're just bringing up something really tasteless and silly and i'm not offended by it i mean four years afterwards yeah probably a bit too soon but then at the same time i just i just it's just eye rolling it's like you're trying so hard this was the third single and i wanted to bring this song up because i think this everything we said is just utterly nonsense this is no this is the song where i go okay so this what we've been talking about getting a joke wrong and like musically it's not that again it's not the worst thing i've ever heard but it starts with going ain't my job to fuck you on a birthday ain't my job to fuck you on your birthday ain't my job to fuck you on your birthday and you're like hold on hold on hold on can i have some context for this please yeah 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 yeah, who who, because because you can't start a song like that surely i mean song for dumped by ben Folds five right he straight away establishes, so you wanted to, to some space and all this kind of stuff. And it, someone's breaking up with him and he's annoyed about it, right? But with here, you suddenly he says it and you're like, who? What, me? Am yeah. I? Yeah. You talking about me? And then it's one minute and 37 seconds before any more vocals come in. So I'm listening to his music and all I know is, it's not my job to fuck you on your birthday. And I'm like, who's he talking about? It's, I know. It's not me, mate. Yeah, I know. You're talking about me. Who, the band? Like, what? who is this person? And you can't think about anything else. She's going, right, okay, what the fuck is this song about? Then he establishes it as somebody he's recently broken up with. It's not as good a song for the dumped, basically. <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. By a billion and, miles, yeah. <laughs> a billion oh, miles. Man. And, you know, the kind of, I want to be repeatedly shout and I'll go make Dutch porn. What does this mean? That yeah. hijack flight from 9-11. One minute you're going, oh, I don't want you to shit on me, but I do really mean. And it's like, I, I don't, song for the dumped, it's really clear yeah. in what it's saying. You broke up with me. I'm really pissed off. You've broken my heart. I want my fucking, give me my money back. And don't forget to give me back my black t-shirt. Yeah. Right? And That's it's fun. It. Like, it, it, it's and- fun. I've heard that song multiple times and it remains funny. Like, and, I, you know, Ben Folds 5 aren't even trying to be funny in the way that Bloodhound get. I mean, I think that, you know, that's an amusing song and they're trying to be funny in a sense. But it's not like everything, it's not like all they do is about humour and trying to make people laugh or offend people. 
And I just kind of feel like Bloodhound Gang, because they don't seem to understand how comedy works, or certainly on this record. I mean, previous records, maybe they do. Fine, whatever. But on this album... I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, that's it. I think there have been moments in the past of Blood and Gang where you go, that's all right. Whereas on this, there's, you know, the, okay, so here's the thing, right? Let's get this up, go back to something diabolical. Here comes Vili Valo. Now, is this my imagination? Or is this some kind of attempt at a song with no scatological humour at all? Is this, wait for it, a serious Blood and Gang song? I, that, I think it might be. Yes, that's what I thought as well. I was I, I was kind of surprised and I, I looked at the lyrics and I even repeated the song and went through the lyrics. So I was like, I don't think they're trying to make me laugh here. Yeah. But the fact that I couldn't tell <laughs> means that, I mean, that is a major fuck up. The fact that like, I'm not even sure. You, like, they're not sure of themselves enough to know what they're doing in this particular case and well i sure as uh, fucking unsure you know i don't know. i i listened to it and i was like if this was on any other album from any band pretty much any other album any band i mean obviously not if it was on a fucking Elstorm album or whatever but you you would probably just take it if I, you know it's a it's a kind of devil it's a song about hey the devil and you know we ride and it's diabolical it's a kind of horror song right yeah and heaven may be running on empty yet the devil rides is the yeah is the yeah yeah it feels like definitely the most serious song they've ever done and it's perfectly fine you know it you know it's immediately followed by a skit about pussies or something and then yeah. pennsylvania which is just a list of stuff from pennsylvania which i mean i don't know if that I'm, I'm not aware of these cliches about pennsylvanian no. things so it doesn't feel like it's going to travel very very far that song no. and it, it means, means nothing to me but something diabolical right i was listening to it and i was like this is kind of a perfectly fine song it's not making me go oh any second they're going to say something that's going to make me go oh guys i don't think it's trying to be funny i mean the fact that the only reason that thing where you're going oh that's not good because i didn't know whether it was funny or it meant to be funny or not is because you just can't imagine a world where the Bloodhound Gang would make a song which wasn't trying to be about yeah. them, like, pooing their nappy or something. So I yeah. think it's... They're kind of damned if they do and damned if they don't, really, because this song is... I actually, like, completely in... If you didn't know who it was and it was played to you in isolation, you'd just go, that's all right. That's an all right kind of gothy rock song. I mean, it's not great. It, it's, it's not rubbish it's I, def- I think it's the best thing on the record frankly i definitely think it's the best thing on the record i, I think you're being kind to it by saying it's all right <laughs> i mean it's not bad is what i would say it's not bad but it's not very yeah, good it's either. all right it's all right it's, i can i can't even bring myself to say it's all right really? it's not okay. bad it's 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 fine it's fine <laughs> the only other song we haven't spoken about is Untis 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 oh, yeah. which is a crap 80s pop song again it just seems to be about shagging mm-hmm. all the different ways in which your willy gets in a place putting it in a place <laughs> I can put it there and I can put it here and I can get it there and if you get near it uh, I've got a wi- I've got a willy basically it's yeah. pop going I have a willy I can put it in, insert it into various mm. different parts of the universe. Mm. Again, and I watched the video for it. Oh, really crap parody mm. of those mid noughties hip hop videos 
where they go into a club and it's all toilet cubicles and there's a lot of naked women mm-hmm. in various toilet cubicles a lot of glory hole stuff all right, yeah. a lot a lot of the band sort of looking at a girl and going and licking their lips mm-hmm. they look really old Mm. They look really, really old. <laughs> looks like they invited Prince Philip onto the tweenies or something. Do you know what I mean? It looks really. They look really, really <laughs> old. <laughs> Is that Steve Buscemi fucking meme? Like that's what it looks. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? And Jimmy Pop keeps like licking stick. He Jimmy Pop can stick his tongue up his nose. This might be the most impressive thing about Jimmy Pop. <laughs> Probably is, and yeah. he's just dancing. To, you know, George Michael's in the toilet cubicle because, of course, he yep. is. Yep, yep, yep. Because of ha ha ha, George Michael. Mm-hmm. There's some people dancing around in like leather chaps. Mm-hmm. They're gay, and as we all know, gay people wear leather hats, leather chaps, have moustaches, mm-hmm. and just grab any man. Yes, yes, definitely. That is definitely what they do. Even mm-hmm. to, especially two thousand by two thousand five. That didn't feel like an outdated stereotype of homosexuality <laughs> at all. Not Definitely. in the slightest, no. Uh, there's there's a, like a, a joke band of like hivesy type things. There's a band who are obviously meant to just be like a hive stroke style band playing in a toilet cubicle. And it's like, haha, look at them. They're not proper rockers like we are. And right. it's, um, it's just rubbish. Yeah. It's just well rubbish. It's interesting you saying there uh, that they looked really old in the video, and that mm. uh, prompted me to think, oh, how old were they actually at this time? I've just looked up Jimmy Pop. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, considering Jimmy Pop was probably, well, he was responsible for the lyrics, I'm assuming, uh, he would have been 33, 34, something like that when this record mm. came out. Now I'm 36. Mm-hmm. And I. Two years ago, you were all about. (laughs) Yeah, obviously, speaking as a thirty-six-year-old man, if I released these lyrics, then uh, you know I'd be appalled. But yeah, as a thirty-three-year-old, I totally get it. Uh, No, Um, I I think when you kind of look at lyrics like "drive stick with that kung fu grip, let the banana split and watch it go right to your thighs." Copperfield, Copperfield style, abracadabra, that bra. Do you think I can pull it off again? doesn't even make sense when you think that that's come out of a 33 year old person's brain it just shows you how ridiculously sad these people are really doesn't it yeah it's not a great look what the fuck are you doing with your life pathetic yeah there's nothing as kind of sort of whimsical as you and me baby ain't nothing mammal so let's do it like they do on the discovery channel i mean even that is barely a joke but it's i mean it's better than anything on this record it's definitely better than anything on on this on this um but i do think that i mean that line it does work yes at least it works yeah 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 that's the thing like it as a like whether i find it funny or not the comedy and the structure and the way that it's been put together it works hence i can forgive you like forgive it not that i need to forgive anything but you know what i mean I, I'm, I'm like well okay fair enough at least that is a uh, if, you, if it's if it's catchy enough and it's sort of structurally sound yeah i'm i'm kind of okay with it yeah right? i'm kind yeah. of i okay. you know chasey lane i think again 
the the idea for the song is kind of structurally like it's very clear what's going on here it's very clear yes. what's going on. i mean i don't think like him saying would you fuck me for blow uh, that's the line in that song that i always go that's yeah. not cool man yeah that's not cool that's just like yeah oh you're a porn star so you must be a drug addict as well like fuck off man mm. that's a fucking lame thing to say yeah. but um but again you know the joke there is is it's it's pretty fucking horrible but it's structurally sound whereas there's stuff on here which is which is like it kind of doesn't even feel horrible because you go i don't know what's going on here yeah i don't actually know what's going on i don't know what you're on about what are you on about your dick and you're not you could i mean it could be about fucking real bad shit on this record maybe but i haven't got a fucking clue i don't know what he's talking about and this is why this album is broken because even if you were trying to offend me you've cocked up the actual structure of the joke so much that I'm not left offended. I'm just left confused. And maybe mm. they're just trying to confuse me. I don't know. But, confu- you know. I, I, I remember. <laughs> like, and here's, here's another band. Here's another band who, uh, like, certainly, I, I would say, confusing. Bowling for Soup, right? I remember mm. when I was on Team Rock Radio, we played Girl or the Bad Guys. One, girl is that what that's called? Uh, girl and the Bad Guys. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... The the line, she's watching wrestling, creaming over tough guys, turntables in her eyes, right? And I remember being on the radio and going, that doesn't make sense. What does that Turn, mean? Turntables in her eyes. She's got turntables actually, like, literally in her eyes? It doesn't mean that. Does no. it mean she's looking at turntables? So she's... But what, I mean, I get, you know, I'm not an absolute moron i understand they're trying to make a connection between the fact that new metal bands had djs yes and she and she likes that yes but that line does not that line does not work exactly because turntables in her eyes you you you're not in i it just it just didn't work i'm and i remember being the going that that line does not work it does not work turntables in her eyes what are they talking about it doesn't work. And these people go, oh, you're an idiot. You don't know the new metal bands. It's like, no, I do know what it means. But they aren't conveying that. Exactly, You've had to yeah. go away and do all of your own fucking research yeah. to work out what, what it means. And I'm not prepared to do that for Bowling for Soup. So get rid of the fucking line. <laughs> and this album is that. Yes. For 35 minutes. Um, and six years is a long time to wait for 35 minutes of nothing. No jokes. Not much that really stands out. Nothing, there's nothing horrific here, but it's definitely stupid and pointless. And it doesn't say much for us as a society that we used to enjoy this kind of filth, does it? <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> stupid and pointless pretty much sums it up, yeah. And, and, yeah. and like I say, I, I actually, I genuinely think there is some merit in trying to offend people if you're actually trying to prove a point jerry sadowitz is very good at doing that yeah i I think i think there can be merit in it is probably what i should say but if you're trying to do that and in this case even failing to do that because you're so cack-handed at what you're trying to do and it's taken you six years to put that together and i mean there's so much that's that's broken and a failing about this entire record i mean musically the music on this record is one of the best things about it and it's not very good but at least i will say that like like you said it's quite diverse there's quite a few different things going on 
I didn't ever get bored at any point because it was diverse. There was just a lot of times where I was just like, this has just been put together really badly. And considering you've had quite a bit of time to do it, and you really, like you said right at the beginning of this, you really should have capitalised on the success that you had with your last record immediately. In order, in order for them to have any kind of follow-up success, they needed to get out a successor to Hooray for Boobies in 2001 latest. Absolute latest 2001. Hooray for Boobies on 999? 999, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Time's up post-2001. So for this to come out 2005 and to be unfunny, not because I'm offended by poop, but because you can't put (laughs) a joke together. What a waste of time. They're very, very silly, the Blood Own Gang. Because like I say... In that little moment when they had the thing going on, I was perfectly happy for them to be for to go like, yeah, fine, capitalize on the the silly. Like, you'll be gone in a few years, and instead they just went into my mind until we brought them up today, mm-hmm. and I've had to listen to it, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you've got everything you deserve here, boys, because you've yeah. waited too long, you've released a crap record, and you're fucking stupid. Like, you weren't. It's never going to last. Yeah, and you even knew it. Yeah, you knew it yourself. Yeah. Well, they you certainly they suspected it, it like, as, like from that news time article. Like they they, they were aware of it, and yet they did it anyway. Goofy old silly idiots. Anyway, the band tried to have Pennsylvania change the state's national anthem to the song of the same name from this record, which is a decent little try, a gimmick, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, didn't didn't happen nope. because that song doesn't make any sense nope. at all the drummer willie the new guy who was the new drummer that they brought in for this record left uh the year after the album came out was replaced by adam perry from a who then later roped in his former bandmate dan p carter to replace lucas thunder who quit the band in 2008 and um it took another 10 years after this record to get another bloodhound gang album bloodhound gang album hard off in 2015 and I don't know why you took again ten fucking years. I suppose you know. I do. It makes more sense this time because no one fucking cared about this record. So you probably were like, "Oh well, looks like we blew it." See, that would be a joke on a Bloodhound Gang record. Looks like we blew it. That would be a line. Mm. That would be like, "Oh, aren't we funny?" Yeah, it would it would be one of the better lines on this record as well. To be yeah. fair, in 2013, Evil Jared Hasselhoff. Uh, was on stage in Ukraine in a concert, a Blood and Gang concert, and he did a wee on the Ukrainian flag while on stage. And uh, a few days later, they got the Russian flag, and Hasselhoff started putting the flag down his pants and pulled it back out, like sort of wiped his bum with the Russian flag. I've seen this footage on YouTube, and he says, don't tell Putin before he does it. Well, somebody did tell Putin. <laughs> it was, and um, yeah, there was a lot of bad shit happened to the Bloodhound Gang when they went into Russia a few days later. Their show in Anapa was cancelled. And when they landed in Russia, the band were assaulted with um, eggs and rotten tomatoes and... Uh, a flag of the United States of America was trampled and spat on. It's only fair, to be honest. It's, it is it's tit only for tat, fair, yeah. isn't it? Tit for tit tat, for tat. Of I mean, again, that would have been a line on this record. One of the better yeah. ones. 
Tit and Tat for Twats. Yeah, Tit and Tat. That's what they should call the next record. Tit and Tat for Twats. Tit and Tat yeah, for Twats. I don't think there's going to be a next one. <laughs> I don't twice. think there is. Um, no. Anyway, um, one of somebody from the Russian government actually tweeted calling them idiots, which is oh, harsh. <laughs> 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 like, steady on, mate. <laughs> Can't say anything these days, can you? Um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> idiots without, without losing your job but um yeah so and it was it was quite bad now i'm gonna say right i i never thought i'd bring this up on this podcast because i've sort of been sworn to secrecy but i have spoken to dan picard dan's a you know an, an acquaintance of both yeah. of us yeah friend of the show like fantastic and man. dan told me about that time when he was with the bloodhound gang in russia and it is fucking mental what happened to them i'm not going to go into it i'm not going to go into it because i can't but it sounded terrifying absolutely fucking terrifying mm. and he's not in the bloodhound gang anymore and <laughs> the bloodhound gang have, have split up and i don't think they're going to be getting back together and i found an interview with evil jared hasselhoff and he said i think the guys in the band are still a little bit annoyed with me after the thing they did. I think there's still a little bit of bad feeling about the thing that I did. So I don't think we're going to be getting back together. Now, read into that what you will. I don't think they're on the best of terms, those guys, in the aftermath of that quite frightening thing happening to them. I would be very angry with Evil Jared uh, if I had been in the band with him and and, mm. and as a result of all those things, those things had happened, blah, 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 but which were yeah. good. But yeah, I would be fucking furious. <laughs> so. In 2017, he said they would only reform if Donald Trump was impeached. Um, so yeah, I think there's a fair bit of bad blood between the members or uh, a, a fair bit of bad touch bloodhound hey. gang. <laughs> you, can use, you can use that, guys, if ever you do want to go back. If you ever yeah. want to re- return and reform, you can use that. Well, they'd probably just say like. bad touch period blood or something like that and hope that it works <laughs> as a joke, but it doesn't. You've just said period and blood and <laughs> fannies. Yeah, they'd probably <laughs> say there's a bit of bad blood bum cum poo. <laughs> What? Oh, bum cum poo. You know, bum. <laughs> you know, cum bum cum poo. poo. Yeah, you know, bum cum poo. Bum cum poo. Bum yeah. cum poo. Bum man cum man poo and poo. There you go. I've written a song for you, Bloodhound Gang. I've actually written a song for you. To the tune of Postman Pat as well. <laughs> that is of the same quality as the majority of the songs on this record, I would say. You can call it Pissman Twat instead of Postman Pat. And you can say cum bum poo to the tune of postman pat and i think that is a, as good genuinely as good as so anything on this record it's taken you 30 seconds to write a bloodhound gang song there's About only that, yeah. there's only 10 songs on this record why did it take them six fucking years why yeah. ridiculous so we did <laughs> do some verses as well Come bum, come bum poo, come bang poo, come bum poo, it's a dirty old cunt. <laughs> Early in the morning, come bum poo's a ball ache. Seems yeah. like come bum poo is a dirty old cunt. Yeah. There you go. It's a Bloodhound Je- Gang song. Jesse, pussy, pussy, Jesse, something like that, about because yeah. Jesse's a cat. Jesse, pu- I mean, that's He's enough. He's got That'll a do. cat. Finger bag is bowl bag. Yeah, yeah. Jesse like Cat is piss and wank and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And that's it. Done. <laughs> Happy 
mean? It's really easy, guys. Put a shit electro beat to it. I got a dick and I got a big dick. Small dicks and dicks are big. My dick's fat. His dick's long. I like dicks with a big fat thong. Pit in my thong and stick it up my ass. Stick it up my bum and fist my ass. The end. There we go. Done. That's two songs. We've done two fucking good going songs in less than a minute. We've got the fucking. It's so easy. Postman Pat song and an electric 80s song about. I'm going to call it um, Thick Richard. Open brackets. <laughs> fat dick. Closed brackets. That's brilliant. Done. Easy. Easy peasy. Man, this shit's easy. It is easy. It's well easy. Yeah. Do you think we should uh... form a band? <laughs> <laughs> called the the shitty fucks <laughs> the shitty fucks <laughs> I'd call it fuck ass jihad or something like that that yeah. would be, that would work yeah black black Hitler Hill and <laughs> and that's gonna be my stage name and the bum I'm hound gonna... gang <laughs> black Hitler yeah. Hill and the bum hound gang there I'm gonna go. dress up like I'm gonna black up in a Hitler costume with a, an afro as well and like platform shoe. I'm gonna do like a pimp pimp Hitler is gonna be my my on stage persona. Yeah. And stick a Ukrainian flag up your ass as well. That'd yeah. Be good. Lovely. Yeah. Well there you go. So we've proved that it's very easy to do what the Bloodhound Gang do. Yeah. Pukrainian. <laughs> they were on Geffen. If if David Geffen is listening, I mean sign us up, lad. We'll do it. We'll do the old shock rock shit. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Suppose we, are we getting um, to the ranking stage? Or, yes, or let's the, rank the it. wanking I'm, stage, as the Bloodhound Gang would probably call it. <laughs> let's wank it into the wankings. <laughs> um, okay, so this... Oh, hold on. Rubbed. I've got to do without oh. noise, haven't I? Cause... It's in the old cheek noise. But inevitably, that's what they would have done. Uh, hey, guys, we're going to wank it now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a skit. <laughs> that, that's, a... <laughs> that's how the album's going to open. <laughs> Fucking, this is easy. It's so easy. Anyway, I'm sure there are people, I'm sure there are hardened Bloodhound Gang fans listening. (laughs) Hardened? It's so easy. (laughs) Okay, now, this is not a good record. No. I think we've established that. But just how bad is it? Because I actually don't know. On one hand, nothing of it works. It's not very memorable. It doesn't work. It's stupid and it's crap and it's short and it took too long to come out and it basically was sort of destroyed destroy their career but it made everyone go why are you here off your fucking trot again you twats we didn't need you had your chance you blew it fuck off so in that respect it's quite bad but also like we said musically it's so average and meaningless and nonsensical that i can't i don't really feel I don't feel strong hatred for this record in the same way as I feel for anything below. I mean, I'm looking at Generation Swine. Mm-hmm. I think I hate Generation Swine a lot more than I hate this. I certainly hate Motley Crue a lot more than I hate Bloodhound Gang. In fact, I mean, yeah. in fact, I wouldn't say I hate Bloodhound Gang at all. They're just a complete and utter. I'm just like meh. Yeah, it doesn't work in the same way as Christmas in the Stars by Star Wars doesn't work. Yes, that's actually not a bad comparison, actually. But I would say, yeah, weirdly, um, I would weirdly say that Christmas in the Stars by Star Wars works even less than this. I think you're right, actually, yeah. 
And then we get to Famous First Words by Aviva Brother, which is just bum. Mm. But it's not really... Poo Willy Bum. It... Poo Willy Bum. Mm-hmm. Famous First Turds, more like. <laughs> it's so easy! <laughs> it's so easy! Famous First Words. It's just a boring record of a band trying to they tried to redo Britpop, didn't they? Yes. Um... Star Wars Christmas album, more like chocolate starfish wars album. Just yeah, I mean that'd be the B side. <laughs> but um, I still think it's of the same quality as the shit on this record. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do I like it more than? I also feel like you know, Viva Brother fans Razor Light. More like Razor amazing. Shite. Eh? Yeah. Hey? Well, you think we did that at the time as well? To be fair, yeah, so let's yeah, not yeah. egg it on too much. Yeah. Um, I I think I probably and i can't believe i'm gonna say this but i think it's probably worse than razor light by razor light razor light annoys me more yeah mm. it annoyed me a lot more i did i wasn't annoyed listening to this record and i think to be honest i think the thing that annoys me about razor light is they are so painfully i was about to say painfully average it's such painfully bad songwriters and musicians and yet johnny burrell wanks on about the fact that he is an amazing musician and at least bloodhound gang don't have that like i i don't think bloodhound gang would ever unless they were doing it in a very much jokey way i don't think they'd ever profess to be like incredible musicians or anything like that um and actually i mean if you said to me what would you rather listen to again hefty fine or raise light by raise light I think I'd probably plump for hefty fine. I can't believe I'm saying okay. that, but I think I would. I'm, I'm going to move it down a little bit then. So I'm going to mm. say Puddle of Muds was an album that everyone described as being fun in the reviews. <laughs> just a bit of fun. Just a bit of fun hearing these talentless people shit on great songs. <laughs> and it's the same thing here, isn't it? It's like, oh, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah. Just a bit of fun hearing a man say cock over and over again yeah. Yeah. until he passes out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just a bit of I fun mean, saying that he doesn't want to sleep with his ex anymore because she's too fat or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? Saying that, you know, you 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 hate women because they're sluts. Oh, it's just a bit of fun, isn't it? It's just a bit, just of, fun. A bit of Just a bit of fun. Just a bit, a bit of like fun. Puddle of Mud. So what is... I'm, I reckon this goes... Because we get to one by Dirty Vegas. And again, I, I just can't remember that record. And no. this has probably made me a little bit more like... Ugh, than one so i think going anywhere underneath that feels a bit like i i I think it's not i don't think it's good enough to get above anything when we get to like even fucking pigeon detectives and the vines and Mm -hmm. many kravitz and stuff Mm -hmm. i think it's worse than all of those i think it's worse i think dirty vegas is always the tipping point for me where i'm like okay we've got to a point here where i'm just like i don't think anything about you I, don't I think anything I, about you at all. I agree we are looking at so we've got Puddle of Mud rediscovered or should we call that redick covered? Um that's re piss covered. So that's at twenty eight. Dirty Vegas at twenty nine. Yeah, we're de- we we we're looking somewhere there, aren't we? Right? Yeah, I think so. So what is more objectionable? Puddle of Mud doing Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Or more like fuck it, man. Fuck Ooh. it, gland. <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> it's pathetic. Belt off, John. More like belt off trousers down, John Thomas. More like. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I've got to stop doing we got to stop doing yeah. this. Um, <laughs> or Jimmy Pop and the Bloodhound Gang just sort of farting in your face for 35 minutes. What's less fun? I think Puddle of Mud doing Rocket Man's less fun, to be honest with you. I do agree with you, Jeffrey. Yeah. So I would suggest <laughs> between Dirty Vegas and... Um, Puddle of Mud. And Puddle of, uh, yeah, Puddle of Mud. Yeah, yeah that's, that would be number 29 on our list, which, yes, I think that, that seems fair to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, there it is. It's gone in. Bloodhound Gang. Hefty fine. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> don't want to think about test scrotums or fucking nipples for <laughs> as long as I live now. Yeah. Just going to become an actual incel because I've listened to this record. <laughs> oh, thank you, God. After this is, oh, this is going to be good. Next week, Renfrey. Yeah. We have got Be a Man by the Macho Man Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah, brother. <laughs> yes. The Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh. We'll be taking our first tentative steps into the always serious and never ridiculous world of professional wrestling. You looking forward to that? Uh, I'm very intrigued to know what it sounds like. Well, I wouldn't say I'm looking forward like to it. Probably a, a man going, "Ooh yeah, quite ooh a yeah." Man. To be honest, that's what Metallica is, and uh, I like Metallica. I'm even wearing Metallica. Yeah, well, so. there you go. I mean, I yeah. like the match about Randy Savage. He was good. <laughs> God rest his soul. <laughs> mm. Oh, good. Anyway, I just had a sip of water. I should have waited until because it's the end of the show. Now it's the end of the show. Now, so we'll see you later. Thanks very much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking about the Macho Man Randy Savage. Can't bloody wait for that, Renfrey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be great. The mega powers collide. 